Hey friend, this is Ryan Thomas. We're so blessed and grateful you're listening to On the Road and supporting Faith Radio. You are quite simply the best and we appreciate you so much. Enjoy the show. Discovering stories of courage, determination, and hope. Welcome to Faith Radio's On the Road. Now, here's Ryan Thomas. Well, it's a remarkable few songs that have the ability to take us to a place. Their sound and meaning catch our ears, touch our hearts, and transport us. The music of Cochran and Company has proven its place among those treasured tracks. Songs like Church and One Day are some of the most meaningful you'll ever hear. Today, Mr. Michael Cochran, the voice behind Cochran and Company, joins us on the road to trace his journey of faith and music and explore how he crafts these words of great hope. Michael, welcome aboard, sir. It is just the very best to have you here. How are things today? It is going super good. Uh, You know, it's been a season of stretching and growth, uh, but God has been so faithful. So I really, I just have to say it's going good. Oh man, we're so pleased to hear it. I mean, in terms of how 2020 is treating you, your family, uh, it's been just a little bit different for most folks, we understand. Can you confirm this is the case? Absolutely. It has been a wild ride uh, from being on tour, on a major tour, to being home for a number of months, to now venturing back out into the world and whatever new normal looks like. Um, it's, It's been a crazy roller coaster. Was it the experience with your tour that basically you got the call and just it was one of those situations where you just had to go home? Was it that stark? Yeah, it was. So we were out on Hits Deep tour and we had, I think, two or three weeks left and we were in Little Rock, Arkansas. And we uh, it was really starting to feel like the tour was going to be postponed, but we were going to play that night. And then there was a news conference in town with the governor of Arkansas and someone specifically asked him about the Hits Deep tour. Really? <laughs> and and he said, well, we believe that Toby Mac will do the responsible thing. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so at that point, we were all set up, and we were ready for the show, and, you know, we just had to call it off, because what do you do? You know, when the, when the governor is saying, well, we think they'll do what's responsible, it's like, well, our hands are tied now. we got to just call it off. <laughs> we kind of... Hugged each other and packed up and went back home. Well, and obviously we hear the the cough there that you've been dealing with, but everyone is every in terms of the coronavirus. Everyone is healthy and hearty on your end. Is that correct? Everyone's healthy and hearty on our end. That's right. That's Good. right. Yeah. Well, when we talk about your story, we love your story because of the the Midwestern nature of it and just the middle America from the heartland part of this. One of the things I was thinking about when we were uh, preparing for the conversation, though, was there are sort of these hotbeds of CCM music right around the country. Obviously, you look at Nashville, you look at Marietta, Georgia, for some reason, the Pacific Northwest kind of has a hotbed there as well. But then you think about Jeremy Camp. You think about the sidewalk profits that started in the state of Indiana from whence you come as well. 
And the fact of the matter is, Indiana is is quite a bit more than great tall basketball stars. There's quite a hubbub of musicians there as well, sir. Yeah, you know, there is. And, and I don't think I even realized how many until I started getting more involved in the industry. And I would talk to people. They'd be like, oh, you're not too far from so-and-so and this guy and that guy and this band member and that writer and this. And I'm like, ah, yeah, I didn't even realize all of that. <laughs> uh, that's really cool. Well, well, before we get into a little bit more of the story and your journey, I noticed something that uh, the CEO of your record label, uh, some guy by the name of Toby Mac, said about you. <laughs> And the phrase was that your music takes us to a place. And thinking about both church and one day, that is honestly, that's exactly what happened for me. I mean, your ears are caught and then your heart and your mind is back in that church sanctuary. It's yearning for the promise of heaven that you can just feel. Is that something that as a songwriter you're aware of and you even strive for to to transport your listener that dramatically, or is there an element of that that's just maybe God-given that you can't totally explain? You know, I think it's both. I think we always strive for that. We strive to take people from where they're at and try to move them to where we believe God would like to see them be or feel something that, that maybe they should feel or, or help them work through what they're going through. So we're always striving to take people on a journey, but I think, you know, we can strive for that all day long, but if God doesn't breathe into it, it just won't happen. And, you know, uh, church and one day um, are two of those songs that even writing it, you know, one day I remember we were writing it and we were, uh, we had just written the line. Uh, one day there'll be no more need for a hospital room. And we were singing that verse back, working on it. And all three writers in the room, just like tears streaming down our face at the thought of the beauty of that, of how true that is, that one day there won't even be any illness at all. And, and we couldn't even imagine or fathom that. And it, so we, we ourselves were taken somewhere by a line that we had just written. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mr. Michael Cochran is with us today. He's the voice behind the tremendous breakout music of Cochran and Company with songs like One Day Church and the Latest, who can? Before we head into the journey a little bit more, uh, let's look at Who Can, your latest single, because this is another tour de force of songwriting. Check out this chorus. Who can love me like you do? I'm a mess, I confess, but you carry me through. Who can calm my weary soul when I'm lost and alone? Thank God that I know who can. And there's a lot of vulnerability and honesty here. What brought you to this message and to this song? Uh, I really think just a, a, an awareness of who I am, <laughs> an awareness of who I am as, as a sinful person that is yet loved by the Lord. So there's such a worth and a value placed on us by God, but there's also the need for grace constantly because we just don't measure up. And it's two-sided coin. I, I heard a pastor say one time that, you know, the beauty of Christ's love is seen so perfectly against the backdrop of our sin, like a star in the night sky. Wow. And you have to understand how broken you are and how messed up you can be in order to understand how beautiful it is that Christ still loves us and pours out his grace upon us and died for us even while we were yet sinners. And so those lines of, I'm a mess, but you carried me through. He doesn't run from our mess. He runs to our mess. 
and he's just committed to working in us, and it's such a beautiful thing. I want to go inside uh, both the song Church and One Day Later because, well, frankly, because I love both songs and I can because we have you on the phone. (laughs) But let's talk a little bit about the journey to where you are today. You grow up in Winslow, Indiana, and as a great appreciator of small towns, I love this. You currently still dwell in Montgomery, Indiana, and it appears to not be quite a metropolis, but it looks like you get some sweet buggy rides there and possibly quite a steal on antiques. That's right. That's right. We got, we got a, a, a rather large Amish population out on the countryside near here, and so we get to reap the benefits of that culture, which is really good food and uh, handmade goods and a lot of antiques. So it's really cool. But yeah, the town itself, I think there's like... 300 people that live here maybe so it's very small well and i love it because obviously you have had a number of hits already and i'm sure that uh, it would be convenient in many ways to relocate to one of the capitals of ccm music but what keeps you there in indiana we have such a network of friends and family and we're at uh, just such a really great church um i get asked all the time from people in the industry is like you know we're gonna move to town i was like if we do <laughs> It would be a significant move of God to pick us up and take us there because we just feel so called to the area that we're in still and to these friendships and to just the the ministry that's here when we're off the road. I love it. I love it. Uh, also, you grew up in Winslow, and did I read correctly that the mascot of Winslow, Indiana is the Eskimos? And if so, that seems a little bit profound because i don't think there are any eskimos nearby <laughs> we were the winslow eskimos and i don't know where the name came from <laughs> it's not particularly cold here you yep. know yep. we were the purple and gold was my elementary school colors mm. and uh i i, I try i tried to to look cool like the lakers did in my basketball <laughs> jersey but i i was not as good as Shaq. that's for sure <laughs> Well, you know, that's actually, that's an interesting comparison because, of course, the Lakers, the basketball team, started in Minneapolis. They moved to Los Angeles where they became so famous, and there are no lakes in Los Angeles, but they're still the Lakers. So it's kind of a good... I don't think I even knew that little bit of NBA history. That's incredible. I did not know that. Uh, Yeah, I'm here for you, brother. Uh, You can take that away from today. (laughs) I will. That's my takeaway. That's my big takeaway from today. Well, what is kind of brilliant for storytelling purposes, you really introduced yourself with a song that was a sketch of your faith journey, right? I mean, church tells the story of coming back to this familiar place of faith after spending some time trying to find fulfillment anywhere else and rediscovering something so beautiful. Can you flesh that out for us? How did God really bring you back to childlike faith after that season of looking elsewhere? Yeah, you know, it was a long process, I think. I certainly didn't have a a Paul moment, you know, um, where you just see it clearly and you just change, you know. Um, I, I spent years walking away from the Lord, so it took years to walk back, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and it's, it's not always that way for everyone, but for me, um, I, I found myself in, in the first couple years of college just living completely contrary to the things that I once professed to believe about Christ and about his church and, and the truth of the word. And I met some people in college that were living it out 
and that were committed and they knew me enough and they were comfortable enough to, to call me out really and to say, Hey man, you know, what are you, what are you doing with your life? Like, what are you, where are you, what are you hoping to find and to accomplish in these things that you're doing and, and how you're living and what you're chasing? And, uh, one particular guy, I mean, Nate was a friend of mine and we had so many conversations and he just loved me enough to not give up on me. And I started going to Bible studies uh, on campus. I started going uh, to some worship nights and, you know, God just started to slowly chip away at the things in my life that were inconsistent. But the things I was placing my trust in and my hope in. And before you know it, I found myself just completely laid out in my apartment. And I was like, God, I've just completely wandered from you. Mm-hmm. And I, and I want to be, I want to be back. I want, I want to live for you. You know, um, I, I want to truly be the person that you've called me to be. And um, I just give so much credit to the church that I was a part of that I was brought up in that God used to bring me back. And the churches don't always get it right. There's nothing as beautiful as the church. Well, and I love that message too. And you kind of were vocal about that, that you feel like culturally the church takes a lot of slings and arrows and some of them rightly, but you just really wanted to intentionally say, yes, we're imperfect, but this is also the place that can absolutely transform us. Yeah, 100%. That is so true because, you know, the church does get a bad rap and sometimes it's so popular to distance yourself from the, you know, these institutions yeah. or whatever and, yeah. and, and, you know, claim to have a more personal relationship with Christ. And, and what I always tell people is that if you love Jesus, then you love what he loves. You know, like someone can't love me and not also love my wife. You know, it's, she's part of me. And it's the same with Christ. If you claim to love him, then you will love his bride. And that's, that's the church. I mean, we, people didn't just invent the church. It was Jesus's idea. He started it and he loved it enough to, to compare it to a bride and, and a groom. And so if you love him, you love what he loves. <laughs> wow. That'll preach right there from Mr. Michael Cochran, the voice behind the tremendous breakout music of Cochran and company with songs like one day church and the latest who can. So then in parallel with the faith journey, what is it that sees you catching the bug for music? Was it very early on? It was. From my earliest memories, I loved music. Uh, my aunt was always playing piano. Uh, she would come up and play on our piano in our house sometimes. My dad was playing guitar around the house. My grandparents loved to sing. <laughs> and I just loved music. I loved every movie that had music in it, every little kid's musical or every little thing and I get my hands on I just loved it and uh, I I always knew I wanted to do something with music from childhood if I wasn't going to be an NBA star I wanted to be a musician (laughs) that really does beg the question what were your favorite childhood musicals this seems like an important question to ask (laughs) oh man so there's this one um, it's really old and it's it's got like a cult following but it was Glenn Campbell and it was called uh, (laughs) Rock-A-Doodle it was animated and it was about this rooster on a farm who <laughs> apparently his, his crow made the sunrise, oh, or so yeah. the farm animals thought. And one day he got beat up by an owl and he didn't crow, and the sun didn't rise. So they were like, well, you're a phony. And, they, and then he left and went and became like this Elvis dude in Las Vegas. <laughs> so long story short, he comes back to the farm, but it's a fantastic. There's like such 
good like rockabilly music in it and i used to just stand up and dance when i was like a little kid loved it rockadoodle that sounds almost like the origin story for i'm trying to remember the name of the other cartoon rooster but i can't i'm failing to remember the name is that foghorn lake that's that's exactly what i'm thinking of yes yeah i'll say i'll say i'll say yeah (laughs) (laughs) well you know one of the things i think it's easy for us as fans of the music to forget is all the years before you signed that first record deal, you know, you've been making music far in advance of that and working hard when you're touring Southern Indiana in the Midwest in those early years, are you dreaming and praying that this could happen someday? Or were you just kind of taking it one step at a time and just really seeing what God was going to do? I was determined to make something happen. You know, I, when I graduated high school, I was playing music in clubs and in bars. And then when God turned my life around, I began really focusing on the church and writing music for the church. And I was still playing shows and touring. And, you know, every show that we played, I would just pray that, you know, let us minister to these people and, and let people hear this. That's going to help us to spread this music farther. Mm-hmm. I, I just tried so hard to knock on uh, the doors of the industry for, for years and send my music to people and, and play the right show here. And, and nothing, just nothing was happening. No doors were being opened. And it wasn't until really I came to a place um, in 2016 where I was like, God, I, I'm, I'm going after all the wrong things. And I'm doing this for all the wrong reasons. And I've just got to be content with where you have me and be faithful mm-hmm. in the music and faithful in the ministry. And you'll just do what you'll do with it. And it wasn't a year later that I met, uh, uh, who is my manager now when I was opening for Ryan Stevenson and he started sending my stuff to labels and just spiraled after that. And God started opening all these doors. Wow. I mean, talk a little bit about working with goatee and the relationship uh, with Toby Mac. What is that like? I mean, I imagine that as somebody who loves music, you probably have had his music on your radar for quite a while is it a pretty special thing to be able to work for him in a sense absolutely it's great to work with him it's great to be around him and to have him speak into things you know um when i wrote church with a producer in town i didn't know that that producer had just uh produced toby's latest number one at the time i just need you and so they had a great relationship and so we wrote this song and um the guy's name's brian fowler and he said hey you know uh, i think i'm going to send this to toby uh, I just think he'd like it. You know, he'd really dig what you're doing. And, you know, I just didn't, he almost said it in like a nonchalant type of like, oh, uh, you know, uh, almost like joking. You know, I don't know how to explain it. Like, I felt like he was just like teasing or something, you yep. know. And the next day we were in the studio and he goes, hey, yeah, so Toby uh, really freaked out over that song and he's going to come and, and meet you today. Um, <laughs> what? And so it was a few minutes later that I see this white car pull up and this guy gets out with sunglasses and a fedora and comes in and I'm like, holy smokes, this is Toby Mac. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we start talking and I'm telling him about myself and my music. And, and he's just like, he's all in. He's like, I-, I love what you're doing. I'd love to work with you. And he says, I know you got a lot of labels that are talking with you right now, but we'd love to throw our hat in the ring. And he took off his fedora and tossed it on the table. <laughs> I was like, uh, let me pray about it. 
<laughs> oh, that's a phenomenal story. Thank you for that. And I love too that look, not everybody can pull off a fedora, but Toby Mac, I mean one hundred percent. Absolutely he can. Right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Now, there's a picture on my Instagram. Uh, I was hanging out on the bus with him one night at Hits Deep and, and uh he was doing something else and so I, I grabbed his hat off off of uh, his counter. I stuck it on my head, and I threw a picture up above me on Instagram. I was like, can anybody guess whose hat this is? <laughs> Did everybody guess it pretty much instantly? Oh, yeah. yeah. Everybody knew who it was. It's like, it's like an iconic hat now. Oh, man. Well, it's been such a treat talking with uh, Mr. Michael Cochran today on the road of Cochran and Company and just a few minutes left. And brother, thanks so much for fighting through with the cough today. You sound beautiful and we so appreciate your, your being here. What a treat to talk with you today. Well, thanks for putting up with the cough. Yeah, I'm hoping that I got some new allergy medicine, so we're hoping to get it gone. Oh, but it's been a, such a privilege to be with you guys on here. And thanks for all that you're doing and ministering to your communities and um, just being vessels for, for music that brings hope to people. So just thank you for what you're doing. Oh, man. Well, thank you so much for those kind words. And I just in closing, because I can't resist asking the question, I, I just can't remember the last time I was more moved by a song than being introduced to One Day and this picture of ultimate hope. And it really, looking back at the, at the lyrics now, speaks to 2020 in an incredible way, too. The heart of that song says, Hallelujah, there will be healing. From this heartbreak we've been feeling, we'll sing in the darkest night because we know that the light will come and there will be healing. Hallelujah. What was going on in your life and your songwriting that brought you to that great hope? You know, uh, the three of us that that wrote that song, what, what, what I came in with was some health issues in my family. Um, we walked through some, some difficult things um, that really are long-haul situations. And um, another one of the writers had just visited with people at his church that were terminally ill. Um, one young girl and one older man. And so we just, we were just kind of, there's this heaviness in our hearts in that right that day. And we didn't really know what to write. And we're like, you know what? It's not always going to be like this, is it? We're not always going to feel these things and be in these dark spaces. And so we began to write beyond it and write to the hope past it. And before you know it, we had this song that just really verbalized the, the hardship of the human experience and, and collectively pointed everyone's eyes to the glory of Christ's return in heaven and perfection and, and that perfect new life. Well, thank you so much for the song. Uh, thank you so much for church. Thank you for the great new song as well. Uh, who can... Mr. Michael Cochran has been with us today on the road. The band is Cochran and Company and the new music available wherever fine music is sold. But if we do want to learn more about you, your incredible ministry, your story, uh, where's the best place to go on the web, sir? Yeah, I would say to go to CochranMusic.com. That's our website. Um, And of course, I love people to follow me on Instagram and they can see pictures of uh, pictures from the road, pictures of my dog. <laughs> I'm always <laughs> posting pictures of my dog. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, marvelous. Uh, we will most definitely do that. Hey, man, thank you so much for the time today. It was a real treat to meet you and just uh, so appreciate your thoughtful thoughts today. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. It's, it's really been a, uh, a blessing to me. Thanks for sharing in the story of this latest episode of Faith Radio's On the Road. For more on today's conversation and the full podcast archive of all our episodes, look for On the Road when you visit MyFaithRadio.com. One day the color of our skin won't cause a divide. One day we'll be family standing hand in hand. And we will see the promised land. We will see the promised land. Hallelujah. There will be healing from this heartache. We've been feeling. We're seeing in the darkest night. Cause we know that the light will come. And there will be healing. Hallelujah. Every tongue will confess One day when I'm tired and weary Bones find their rest One day when the power of evil's brought to an end We will see the promised land We will see the promised land Hallelujah Thanks so much for listening to On the Road. Programming like this happens because of your incredible support. You can learn more about partnering financially at MyFaithRadio.com. And we'd be so glad to connect with you during the week on social media. Just search for On the Road with Ryan Thomas on Facebook. And our Twitter handle is at OnTheRoadRyan. Until next time, God bless you, my friend.